I'm Jasmine. I'm Alyssa. I'm Rhiannon. And this is Books Between Sisters. doing welcome back everybody and uh how's it going good yeah wow. whoever's in the room next to us is being super loud yeah hopefully you can't you guys can't hear that but um yeah it's going good um i am so happy to be home i was so excited to see my puppy when i got home Her that Jack. was like one thing when we were on the cruise i was just like i'm ready to go home and be in my own bed and cuddle my puppy yeah. <laughs> those were the things that i wanted um also i hate the part after traveling of you getting home and having to put your life back together and like <laughs> back to reality un unpack and yeah you have to go you know just everything needs to be put together again yeah. so yeah yeah um can is there any cruises that you can bring dogs on i don't think so i mean yeah i don't think i've ever heard of a cruise that you, like i don't even see like emotional support or not emotional support um what are they called yeah. emotional support dogs no the um service service animals oh. i don't even really see service animals on on cruises interesting hmm. you, there's I mean, probably something out there yeah, it would be hard, though, because I'm like, you would have to have, like, a s specific place for them to, like, use the bathroom. And yeah, yeah, that's true. Like, be, on a cruise messy. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they want to just, like, be throwing their feces off the, the side of the boat. That's kind of <laughs> gross. Um, Rhiannon is here. She's vigorously trying to finish the last half of this book <laughs> no I'm, I'm trying to look for something that i read because i wanted to bring it out later and i cannot find it now oh. <laughs> uh -uh. see i thought i was the only one that was behind because like i didn't get a chance really to read much on the cruise so i got back and i hadn't even really started the second half of the book and so i was freaking out and i was like i have to get this done <laughs> i will be honest i finished this book today I read basically the whole thing today because I don't know. I had every intention. I took the week off the week Ashton started school so yeah. that I could just, you know, relax. I knew I was going to be emotional and just yeah. like take some time, you know, figure out her bus schedule, all of that. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have so much time to read. I'm just going to be able to take so many notes and be so leisurely with it. And then today I'm like, I gotta finish reading this really fast. Yeah. So you had a lot going on. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because we're either the worst parents or the coolest parents or both. I don't know, but uh, we were super busy the weekend before she started school. Mm. We went to the fair, um, oh, right, the Washington State Fair on Friday night, and got back at like probably 11 30 mm -hmm. and then we went to seaside oregon on saturday oh dang and we got back probably the same time around 11 30 and then we went to a concert we took her to a concert on sunday night the dang. night before school so a school night now and we didn't get back till 
eleven thirty ish, probably. Well, and I'm like her teacher probably would hate us if she found out <laughs> about that. But no. yeah, if anything, you wore her out so she didn't have as much energy. Well, maybe she still woke up bright eyed, bushy tailed, was oh, super dang. excited for school. Dang, what it's what yeah. it was like being a kid. I know all that energy. But we took her to. She was super excited. Because it was Bowling for Soup and Less Than Jake. And she was super excited because Bowling for Soup is actually the band that records uh, or uh, recorded the theme song for Phineas and Ferb. Really? And so what? She, yeah. So she got to, you know, she she's watched that before. And then we're like, Ashlyn, we're taking you, you to a concert. They sing this song and we played the theme song. And she's like, what? That's so cool. <laughs> and they played it. They played it at the concert. Really? So that was really cool. I did not know that they sang that one. Yeah. That's crazy. And then Devin also recorded a video for you, Alyssa, of 1985. Because nice. we know you love that song. I know every word to that song. Yeah. <laughs> So it was pretty cool. They were fun to to see. Yeah, that's awesome. But yeah, so like I said, we're either the best parents or the worst parents or worst parents and the coolest parents. I don't know. No, I think it's just you guys are the coolest parents. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> what are we? What have you been up to, Ree? Nothing much. <laughs> <laughs> that question catch you by surprise. <laughs> um. I I haven't really been up to anything, just working. Yeah. And yeah. Adulting. Adulting. Mm-hmm. Still Adulting. recovering from being sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. getting into that season, huh? Yeah. Unfortunately. unfortunately. Yeah. And then now I have a you know, a kid in school oh, who's gonna gosh. be a petri dish for all Everything. of the sicknesses. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping she doesn't get lice. Oh yeah. Ooh. Cause she it. Yeah, she has a long hair. And Devin refuses to let us cut it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he well, might he might change his tune if she I ever not gets have life. A choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But second half of all your perfects. Mm-hmm. And we don't start off great in the second half. Um we start off in um the past when Quinn actually has a dream of Graham cheating on her and she wakes up very mad at him (laughs) and I've done that (laughs) (laughs) yeah I think she like wakes him up too she's so mad at him she's like you need to wake up but Graham was really sweet and um he comforts her and then he even sends her the flowers the next day and with a card that says I'm sorry for what I did to you in my nightmare please forgive me tonight and uh, when you dream and i was like that's so sweet graham and just to clarify that was something that happened in the past but she's talking past, about it yeah. now he yeah. didn't actually yeah it was just a dream that she had he didn't actually do anything but he still sent her flowers and was like i'm sorry for what i didn't do but <laughs> yeah it was really sweet but then unfortunately we go Back into the present where um, Quinn starts getting suspicious of Graham because he ends up coming home one night um, really drunk and his co-workers drop him off. And this is very out of character for Graham because he doesn't very drink very often ever since the accident. Um, he just normally drinks maybe one or two beers, she says. So this was really weird of him coming home um, drunk 
And um, then she also notices that there, um, I guess he goes out with his friends every Thursday night. I guess that's what I gathered. Um, so then there was one night where he came home and he didn't smell anything like beer. Um, like he didn't have any at all. Um, and so she is getting very um, suspicious of his behavior and she ends up getting so stressed out that she opens a bottle of wine one night and she's drinking it um, in the dark and she sees Graham coming home and he pulls up to the house and he kind of just sits in his car for a few minutes um, and she sees him like gripping the steering wheel and then he ends up putting his head down and um, I think was he crying I think he was just like preparing himself or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then he ends up, um, does he see Quinn? No, no he, he like wipes his lip. Oh yeah. Off he and wipes then he his wipes lip his and kind of straightens out his like tie and his shirt. Tie. And yeah. Yeah. And he ends up coming inside and, um, yeah, that's right. Cause she was standing in the dark. So he doesn't see her until he like turns, um, into the kitchen and then he sees her standing there and he sees out the window and that she has a clear view of the car and he knows that he saw that she saw everything and Quinn calmly says what's her name and um he doesn't answer and so then this really upsets Quinn and so she ends up throwing her wine glass at their wedding photo because even in this moment, how mad Quinn is, she still is like, doesn't want to completely direct her anger at him. Cause she's like, I could have thrown the wine glass at him. Um, but she doesn't, she ends up just throwing it at the picture and she repeats her question more aggressively this time. Um, and so then Graham looks her in the eyes and he says, Andrea, is it Andrea or Andrea? I don't know. I I said Andrea in my head. That's what I thought. It was Andrea. Um, And then immediately looks away and leaves the room and Quinn breaks down. And it's really sad because this is kind of the moment where we see how um, depressed Quinn really has been because she ends up taking one of the pieces of glass and like harming herself. Um, And... I don't know, this was just such a heartbreaking moment for me to read because I was like, wow, I didn't realize, like, yes, like, they're talking this whole time of how she's upset and how she cries in the shower and and all that. But then this is the moment when I was just like, wow, it's like her depression is, act- is like, extremely bad because it gets to the point where she's now harming herself. Um, so she even... Um, goes like she talks about in the it kind of goes to the past and it starts talking about how they never spend a night alone um and you know she says that it has it's been 10 weeks so not to brag but um my husband and I haven't uh, spent a night apart in seven years (laughs) so (laughs) I think I got her 10 weeks uh (laughs) you've never nope never spent a night apart and since we've been married good for you no (laughs) it's actually now like we didn't realize it at first um but it actually started becoming a thing once we realized that it was like i think we we realized it like 
four or five years in and we're like, oh, okay, now this is a game. Like we're going to see how long we can go without spending a night apart. And so now it's like our thing, like things will come up and we're just like, nope, it's not worth breaking our record for. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think it will take to break the record? I don't know. That's really hard. I mean, not to get dark, but I would say it would have to be something like to kill me. (laughs) (laughs) Something like where like one of us had to spend the night in hospital and especially now with COVID, they're being very like um, picky about like even I think even spouses can't spend the night in the hospital. They might be able to now. Yeah, maybe. But but yeah, it would definitely have to be something like that because there's been like friends weddings where like there's been bachelor parties or bachelorette parties and they'll like go out of town and we've always made it work where it's like he goes out of town for a bachelor party. I go with him and I just kind of do my own thing while he's, you know, off with the the guys. So, um, so apparently if we do a books between sisters trip aj's coming <laughs> are coming books between sisters and aj <laughs> aj aj will go off and do his own thing or yeah we'll just bring all the guys and then they'll all hang out together and then we'll do our own thing there you go <laughs> but yeah so um yeah we just start off the second half i here's the thing this book goes back and forth tugging at my heartstrings because it's like there's so much like negative and bad things that happen but then there's so many like cute and just moments that I love so much and so I just found like throughout this whole book it was just an emotional roller coaster for me yeah because you really don't know how they're gonna end up either Mm -hmm. like are they gonna be able to work through their issues or is this amazing love story going to just, you know, come to an end where they become strangers at the end, Mm -hmm. which is what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it goes back uh, to the past and I love, so it talks about them going to a party over at Ava's house and um, it is a Halloween party. So they dress up. I love that Ava dressed <laughs> up like their mother, <laughs> but she didn't tell anybody that she was dressed up as, as uh, her and Quinn's mother. She just started acting very rude <laughs> to people the whole night. And I was like, that is so genius. I love that <laughs> so much. And that was Graham's first impression of her. Right. Is her coming to the door and just being so rude to him. And Quinn is like, what the heck? Like... No, let me reintroduce you to my sister because <laughs> that was not it. You know, that's one thing I thought the entire book through is it just I can see this as a movie. Like mm-hmm. this would just make like the way these characters are developed. You can just see this all happening. Playing out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I love that. Um, so then it goes back to present day and Quinn um so Quinn thinks that uh, Graham goes to work. Um, and so she's like, I don't want to be here when he gets back. But she also doesn't want to be at her mom's house, which is where she decides to go. So she's kind of like, OK, I'm going to be here as long as possible. But I'm going to end up going to my mom's house. Um, and so she ends up leaving. Um, and. This is where you get like a really like very honest, vulnerable um, moment between. Was that your stomach this time? That was my throat. Oh, no. 
Um, yeah, this is where you get a very honest, vulnerable conversation between Quinn and her mom. And even though, yes, her mom is very difficult, I will say that I really appreciated her honesty where, with um, Quinn because she's like, you're an adult now. I'm just going to come out and tell you, no, I never wanted you. Um, sad. Which is very, very sad. But at the same time, she was very honest and she was just like, I had this whole other life planned out like I wanted to travel that was your father and I's dream is to you know travel the world together and she's like I didn't get that like I ended up getting you and your sister instead which again was very sad and blunt way of saying it but at least she was being honest with Quinn and wasn't you know especially when Quinn was like yeah I knew that um but I feel like this was the first time that Quinn could actually kind of relate to her mom um, because she it kind of gave her a different perspective. Like Quinn's whole thing was her wanting to be a mother, but she didn't she also hasn't at this point got the life that she wanted. Um, so I did really love that she was able to at least uh, in, at, in some at oh my gosh. To some degree, relate to her mom mm -hmm. in, you know, the the way of they both didn't really get what they wanted out of life. Um, but her mom was very. Um, she was like, even though I didn't get my first choice, I made the I made the best out of my second choice. Mm. <laughs> yeah, <Up> for debate. <laughs> yeah, that, that that is kind of up for debate, because if your kids can pick up on the fact that you don't want them, I don't know that you really did your best yeah but but um, it was a good message yeah it was. <laughs> when it flashes back in the next chapter i gotta say i actually laughed out loud at the dream that um that uh, quinn recounts to graham uh when she is, is she's like we're in your apartment and i want to make you some breakfast but i don't know how to cook and all you have is cereal so i try to pour you a bowl of cereal and all that's coming out are uh, little comedians with microphones <laughs> and i can just picture like graham's face like wait did you just say comedians <laughs> like as in people who tell jokes <laughs> yeah um super weird dream but it like cracks me up i I hope we can see like a adaption of that. <laughs> what comedian would you want to see? I don't know. That's a hard question. Yeah. I don't know comedians very much. Yeah. I mean, the only, like obvious, the obvious one, like Kevin Hart would be funny. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Just yes. a bunch of little Kevin Hart too. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> yeah. Cause it says they were telling knock knock jokes and yo mama jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so funny um we also get to um it goes back into the past when graham meets her mom for the first time um so this part i want to know what you guys think because so when quinn meets graham's parents for the first time she goes into his childhood bedroom and you know everything's how it was um I think back from when he was in high school. Um, and so then when they go to Qu uh, Quinn's mom's house, um, she like go ends up taking Graham 
into her old childhood bedroom, except for nothing is there. It ends up being a storage closet. And she gets very emotional. I don't know if it's just me, but I'm like, I don't understand the, um, I don't know, the emotion or the appeal of holding on to your old childhood bedroom. Maybe it's because I never really had a bed, like the same bedroom for very long. Yeah. But I'm like, I guess that is really a thing. I think it was more about the fact that when she went over to Graham's parents' house, um, he she could see the love that his parents had for him and the fact that they still had his room exactly the way it was even when he moved out yeah. in contrast to what she grew up in and having to be around her mom and feeling you know Unwanted. the um, yeah the yeah. the loneliness of growing up and she had this like shred of hope of oh you know maybe this, you know, my room being exactly the way it is will be something to give her to make her feel like her mom, like wanted her, you yeah. know, still that kind of concept of, because she had brought that up. She was talking about how, when she did find out that everything was boxed up in her room and it was basically a storage closet, um, that she's, she had turned to Graham and mentioned something about how she was like, oh, I just wanted this to be the same as when we went over to your parents. Yeah. But it turned into a really sweet moment that Graham turned around because he's like, look, I grew up, I had parents that loved me. I grew up in a really stable home. Like it's expected that I would come out somewhat normal, but you have basically beat the odds. And from, you know, what you've come from, you're, it, it's inspiring because she's just, this amazing, selfless, incredible person. And that was the moment that Quinn said she fell in love with Graham. And apparently the same moment that Graham fall, fell in love with her because he says, I love you first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just Graham again. I feel like there's so many points in this book where he just comes in clutch with the great quotes. Yeah, <laughs> he's super sweet. Yeah, he is very and sweet. And that's why it's sad, you know, as you see in the now chapters, just how much... He's trying and he, you know, really loves her. But, you know, everybody has their breaking point. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I did love this because what he was saying is um, basically like we all he said that we're products of our environment. Um, but the fact that she could be the person that she was today, despite her environment is inspiring. And I feel like that really like there's something that AJ says all the time. And he talks about how. Um, only part of our lives are what happens to us, but the majority of our lives is how we react to it. And so, um, even though like we can go through different things, we still, we can't maybe control the situation, but we definitely have a hundred percent of control of how we react to a situation, whether it's going to be uh, positive or negative. And so that's why I love this part of the book so much is because, Colleen Hoover um, is so good at making just um, it so relatable to people. Um, there's something in this book that I feel like almost anybody can relate to, whether it's just a quote, maybe not the whole situation, but there's like some part in it that just puts this book on such a human level that we all can find something that 
we can um, just really, um, I guess, connect to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so then she, we go back to the present and um, I, I do love that Quinn, even at this point is very thinking very rationally. She says that she's not mad at Andrea. Um, she's not the one who made the commitment to her. Um, and she has no loyalty to her or, um, really Quinn, Quinn to her. And so she said she, she's only mad at one person in the scenario and it was her husband. So again, it goes back to Quinn really knowing where to put the blame. Um, and I just love that she, that's part of her personality, despite her not hundred percent thinking rationally with the situation that she's in, um, that she can still know where to put blame. Um, this is also where we start seeing like Graham has been picking up on all the things that she thinks she's been hiding mm -hmm. (laughs) for the most part. Like he's like, I know that you feel more, um, affectionate with me when we're in public versus when we're together alone and I pretend not to notice things because I don't want to hurt you more than you're already hurting. And he's like, I know that it's my fault, you know, that I that I went outside of the marriage. I messed up. But, you know, it's because I really miss you when he's at work. He misses her when he's, you know, at home. He misses her. So um, it's just you really get to see more in because I feel like up until this point, you don't really get to see Graham's side of it. You do yeah. see that he's, you know, obviously not the same way as he was in the past, but you don't get a lot of insight into his feelings about what their current situation is. And so this is where we really get to see that. Yeah, I feel like it. I love this, too, because this is really the part where Graham I guess starts fighting back like for for um their marriage. And even though I'm mad at him at this point, I do like his response when Quinn asks him, "Who are you right now? What did you do with my husband?" And Graham replies, "He's probably somewhere with my wife. It's been a while since I've seen her." Yeah. And I was like, "Yes, Graham. This is what you guys need. You guys need, need the to honesty. Talk. Yes, you need to talk." And so I was I was actually loved that response that he gave because he was just like, yes, I may not be the same person, but neither are you. And this is something that we we need to talk about. So we can also see how much uh, Quinn has changed in her mindset since mm-hmm. they've been married, um, because at one point um, she had mentioned that um she feels like she strung him along by allowing him to believe that there's hope that he'll, that she'd eventually change and that she'd miraculously turn back into uh, the woman that he fell in love with. But then she had said, but I can't change. We are who our circumstances turn us into. And I thought that was very interesting because in the previous chapter, Graham had just mentioned that um, even though her circumstances growing up were the way that they were, she still turned out to be an amazing, selfless uh, woman, um, despite having to go through the circumstances that she was in. Mm. But now she is in this place where she feels like because of her circumstances with Graham, this has turned her into a completely different person. Right. Yeah, definitely for sure. And we definitely see, we see Graham's 
um, a different side of Graham because for the most part, when we um, read about him in past or even present, he's very like level-headed, very calm. But when Quinn says something to the degree of she doesn't think that he loves her, that sets Graham off mm-hmm. and he becomes very angry and upset. And um, he basically gets out of the car and he starts making his way towards the front door. And but before he reaches the front door, he turns around and angrily <laughs> yells, I love you, Quinn. And comes back, kicks the bumper, and just starts screaming, I love you, and slamming his fist on on the car, and then calmly, like, or he starts crying, and then looking defeated, he looks at her again and, and whispers, I love you. So definitely see that Graham is at his breaking point, like, and it also shows that, you know, he does have so much love for her, and the fact that she didn't think that he loved him caused so much anger for him to react a way that he doesn't normally react. Um, I also love that Quinn, um, even though again, he hurt her, she says, um, she's, um, she only thinks that he hurt her because she's been hurting him. And she's like, this doesn't excuse what he did. But a person can understand a behavior without excusing it. Yeah. Yes. I love that. I that was actually the that was actually the part that I was looking for at the very beginning. Oh, okay. I was like, where is this? Because I loved that as well. Yeah. I thought that was a really amazing sentence, and I wanted to bring that out as well. Yeah, for sure. You can definitely understand what somebody's going through and why they did something, but it doesn't mean that it excuses the behavior. But yeah, just the way I felt like the way that it was put was so eloquent and yeah let's go ahead and take a quick break and so when we come back we will finish out our discussion of the ending Welcome back. So we are just getting really into the thick of the breaking point at, um, you know, both on uh, Graham's side where he's just like done. <laughs> like he think uh, he after hearing he uh, that Quinn thinks he doesn't love her. He's just like 
yeah, this, I can't do this. And then Quinn as well, because, you know, now, you know, because of all of the circumstances, it's pushed Graham to go outside of the marriage. So we're really seeing this breaking point and it makes the stark contrast between then and now even more just evident, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, we get clued into them going into uh, going to a beach house, and this is where he proposes to her, mm-hmm. which was super cute um, because he gets her a ring that doesn't have any diamonds on it because he wanted he didn't want to break the eternal ring Mm -hmm. of of what it represented so it was super cute there and then again we um are brought back to the you know future where um unfortunately after their big fight um quinn has a miscarriage yep and so she ends up going inside um yeah, and she's not feeling well. She feels like, I think um, Graham is asleep. And she ends up waking up because of the way she feels and uh, find out she is bleeding. She ends up um, hemorrhaging and having to go into surgery. Um, but initially when she wakes up, um, Graham tells her that she was pregnant and she gets extremely excited because I think it's been three months um, since, uh, yeah. And she's like, it's possible. Yeah. Pregnant. So she gets extremely excited cause she's like, it is possible. But then unfortunately Graham has to tell her that because of the hemorrhaging that they ended up having to, uh, perform a hysterectomy. Colleen Hoover breaks my heart. <laughs> <laughs> I cried so hard at this moment for Quinn. I felt so much pain for her um so much sadness for really both of them because Graham wanted this so much for her and she wanted it so bad um and especially because she had so much excitement at just the fact that she could get pregnant it was just ah too much yeah talk (laughs) about a roller coaster yeah um so I but I do love Quinn so much again for not being spiteful um and because well it's <laughs> it's super sad sorry my throat is going crazy um it's super sad because Graham thinks that maybe he had something to do with it because of the stress that of their fight but um the doctor clears that up and says you know this type of pregnancy it was never going to be viable and so it's able, you know, that was able to take the pressure off of Graham's shoulder, you know, thinking that he possibly could have been to blame for it. Yeah. And even um, Quinn looks at him and says, you know, you have a lot to be guilty for, but my miscarriage is not one of them. So again, not letting him off the hook for what he did, but definitely putting blame where blame is due um, and letting him know this had nothing to do with you. It's you're you're not to blame for it. Um, so then, uh, we go back into the past and we get a little brief break from the heartache and, um, it talks about Quinn being stressed over her wedding planning and, um, 
she's upset that her mom is making all the decisions and her mom feels like she has the right to because she's the one who's renting the bill for um, their wedding. Um, and so Graham comes home and is like, you know, what what's going on? She tells him and um, he's like, OK, we'll get ready because I think they're supposed to go hang out with Ava um, and uh, why can I think of her husband's name? Reed. Reed. Thank you. <laughs> um going to hang out with them so he's like get ready and he disappears and then he ends up coming back while she's trying to pick out her shoes and he's like well you know how do you feel about maybe getting married this weekend at uh the same beach house that um they got engaged at and she's like oh that's so perfect so they end up going to the beach house and getting married and I think this is the point where we find out exactly what is in the wooden box um I think because it was a wedding gift um Graham ends up giving her the wooden box and um they start talking about um their future and he says um he had put her the love letter that she wrote to him that he had requested for her to write um, in the box and then he also had written her a love letter and I think we had talked about that briefly before but this is actually when he gives it to her and he's like we're gonna open this on their our 25th wedding anniversary yeah so just as a reminder this box is something that we get introduced introduced to really early in the book and we know it has some sort of significance to <clears throat> excuse me the significance to their marriage of you know Something about this box as their relationship is becoming more and more hostile and leading more and more down the road to divorce. This box holds some significance into whether if it's opened, that means it's the end. And so we get clued in, as Alyssa was saying, into what's inside the box. Yeah. So, yeah, they decide, you know, the only way they're going to open it again is if... um, has it's an emergency a, a marriage emergency if they decide one of them decides um on divorce so again we get pulled back into the present um i just gotta say really quick i love that idea i yeah. kind of want to do it <laughs> where you write love letters and um you know set it for what i don't know 25 years from now like they did that's a long time though that is a long time i don't know if i could wait that that long <laughs> Because, I mean, you can 25 wait. years? You can wait. Mm, I don't know. I'm impatient. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could wait. Um, but yeah, so we get pulled back into the present. And um, Quinn had actually decided to go visit Ava. Um, she she was like, I've been wanting to do it for a while. And um, she actually tells that to Ava. And she's like, actually, I just, you know, decided I wanted to do it. And so Graham was like, okay, well, are you coming back? And she's just, she's like, well, of course I'm coming back. And so then he gets on board and he's just like, tell me when you want to go. I'll book your flights. Um, So we, at this point, Quinn has been at Ava and Reed's house for three weeks. And this is without any communication um, with Graham. She's like, I can't face it right now. She said, it's actually been helping that I've been here with, you know, visiting my sister. Um, and then it's time to talk. Yep. Graham shows up 
and he tells Gwen that she basically you need to make a decision. So either you you need to leave me for good or you need to come home with me. And I also love that he makes it very clear what he wants because he repeats come home with me. Yeah. So he doesn't want yeah. her to leave him. Yeah. He's like this is your decision, but this is what I want. I want you to come home with me. But he also brings the box. Yep. Finally, the much-needed conversation happens. Yes. Um, And sadly, she decides to open the box. Yeah. Because Graham, even though Graham is convinced that they could be happy, Quinn isn't as convinced. And I think she's just convinced. Sorry. And I think he's just She's just convinced that he would be happier with somebody else. Like she is so engrossed in the thought that he wants a baby so badly as well that he's extremely unhappy with her. And so she's like, he can be with somebody else who's able to give him what he wants and he would just be happier, you know. So she does it a little for herself, but I think she also does it because she thinks that's what he ultimately would want. Too, even though he keeps telling her that that's not what he wants. Yeah. Um, I also love this um, part from from what Graham says here. Um, he takes the blame for what he did, but he points out, he says, we have a lot of other issues and they aren't all my fault. He says, if you can forgive me for putting you through the worst thing imaginable, then I know we can get through the rest of it. I know we can. Um, Quinn gets mad that Graham thinks what he did is the worst thing that has happened to her. And, um, she releases her anger and feelings, um, and is simultaneously scared and doesn't care, uh, what her words did to him. She ends up saying something, um, very hurtful. Um, and then Graham says, no matter how hard I try, no matter how much I love, I can't be the one thing you've always wanted me to be, Quinn. I will never be a father. Then he proceeds to say, if this is what our marriage is, if this is all I will ever be, just me and you, will that be enough? Am I enough for you? Mm, Poor Graham. And Quinn is silent. And I didn't understand that because she's like, he's walking away and he doesn't know what I mean by the silence. Like, well, what do you think he would mean? Yeah. Think you mean by the silence? Yeah. And this is when he goes and gets the box and, um, yeah, Graham, um, he says, if you don't tell me to stop, then we are opening it. Yeah. And she doesn't tell him to stop. And he basically starts begging her. He says her name twice and still nothing. Um, and so he sets the box on the table, inserts a key, takes the lock off, and gets very angry. Instead of setting it down on the counter, he ends up throwing the lock at the wall. And he asks her to look at him, and she refuses. And he says he's not opening the uh, he's not opening the box and slides it until it's touching her arm. Um, but. Despite how angry he is, even though she starts crying, he start, he comforts her still. I thought that was very sweet. Yeah. Um, 
but she opens the box. She opens the box, yeah, because she's she go she keeps going back to that conversation between um Graham and uh his sister, his sister mm-hmm. of yeah, him saying that he's devastated that he's not a father and she's very hung up on that. Um and so but I will say when it says that she opens the box, this is the point of the book where the fight kind of went out of me. I was like <laughs> I think it's over. And yeah, I was, yeah, I was extremely sad. I was like this whole time I'm like fighting for them and fighting for them and fighting for them. But because they're making this box such a significant thing and like, um, I, as soon as she opens it, I was like, Oh, that's it. This is not going to end well. And yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that we got to read the letters though. And it didn't just leave, you know, some authors might just leave you as at that cliffhanger. (laughs) And you never know what the letters say or anything, but we get all of the letters, which is really cool. And Graham didn't just stop at the one letter at their wedding. He actually had been adding letters over time. And there was something in one of his letters that I really liked because Alyssa, you talked about the category five moments Mm -hmm. in the last episode, I think. And um, one of the things he mentions in in that is um, hurricanes aren't a constant threat to coastal towns. There are more days with great weather and perfect beach days than there are hurricanes. And um, some people think the focus in a marriage should be put on all the perfect days. They love as much and as hard as they can with every when everything is going right. But if a person gives all of themselves in the good times, hoping that the bad times never come, there may not be enough resources or energy left to withstand those category five moments. I really liked that. Yeah, I I love all these letters. I love that it starts with him talking about um, the first time that he saw her and how even though at that time it was before... um, Ethan and Sasha, which was um, Graham's ex-girlfriend, cheated on them. Like the first time he saw her was at um, an office party that they had and how um, she was kind of dressed up like the uh, caterers. And so somebody came up with their um, champagne flute and asked her for a refill And instead of correcting them, she just went behind the bar and refilled their drink and then started refilling other people's drinks. And then Ethan came up to her and was like, what are you doing? And he was clearly embarrassed. And she's like, permit to do that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, I don't care. And she just keeps filling up drinks. And um, Graham was like, that's the first time when I was just like, oh, I, you know, I obviously was still all things Sasha, but I could tell that you're such a down to earth person Um, and then when he did actually meet her the day that everything happened, he was like, because of that moment, he's like, I knew everything was going to be all right the moment I saw you. And I was like, oh my gosh, so sweet. So one of the discussion questions that I found was, um, Quinn and Graham's marital problems stem from miscommunication, misunderstandings, and secrets. Why is it so hard for Quinn to express her true feelings to Graham? Why does Graham pour his heart out in letters only to lock them away in the box? I think Graham did kind of um, touch on this a little bit. 
He he talked about how he wrote the letters because every time that he tried to talk to Quinn, she didn't want to listen. And so um, I feel like that's mostly like it even talks at one point how he started talking to his coworkers. So you can tell that he definitely had a lot to say and he wanted to communicate it. But I feel like he just he part of him was not wanting to talk about it because he knew how much it hurt. Quinn to talk about it um the other part of him I just feel like he just like a little bit of the fight went out of him and um I mean obviously this was something um, that hurt him as well um I think for Quinn I think I don't know like for her side of things I'm a little bit more confused because their relationship seems so strong and they seem like they could tell each other anything. And they did like in the beginning. So I had a hard time kind of identifying the moment when she felt like she couldn't talk to Graham anymore. It seemed like they like put so much pressure. Well, she put so much pressure on the, the parenting thing, becoming a parent. Um, And I think just, Again, you know, the way that Graham treated her from the very beginning, how he made her feel and just like how he gave her a lot of what she needed. I think she just felt that she was not able to reciprocate that in the way that she thought that Graham really wanted. And so when you feel like you are going to disappoint somebody or are disappointing somebody, that just makes you want to kind of like deal with it yourself and avoid avoidance basically yeah I guess maybe her feeling like not only she's letting herself down but letting him down as well um played you know part in that as well and I think for Graham um with the writing letters I think yeah I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that um he wasn't getting through to her the way that he needed to but also when it comes to people discussing um, feelings and being able to communicate efficiently with people. Everyone does it differently. Mm -hmm. Um, So maybe it was the fact that, I mean, I don't know for sure, obviously, but maybe it was something to do with he was able to better and fully express himself in the letters instead of being able to do it in person. Um, I know that there's a lot of people who are like that, who are able to communicate better and actually rationalize their feelings out by writing it on paper. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe he had tried that before um, and then spoke about it with her, but that might have also played a part in it. Yeah, I think even at one point they say something to the degree of Graham saying that at some point I lost my courage. So, yeah, maybe it was that, like, because he couldn't face her in person, he was like, I have so much to say, though, and I really want her to know how I feel. So this is my way of expressing it through the letter. Um, I just wish he would have left those letters on her pillow or something instead of, like, he knew that that box was meant for, like, if that's open and she's reading his thoughts, that means that they're at the point of divorce mm-hmm. so I'm like why yeah <laughs> maybe he felt like there is like a hope that they can get through it by talking about it with each other instead of being able to have to resort to the letters mm-hmm. like there is that 
But I think the fortune cookie thing ties back into this again in his letters because, again, the fortune cookie is if you focus on all of the flaws, you hide all your perfects or something like that. I can't remember, even though we looked it up. Um, But in one of his letters, he's like, P.S., a lot of good stuff has happened too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we bought a house, we, um, you got a promotion, we, um, you were able to start working from home and we've talked about me opening my own business and he's like, there's so many good things, but she was just so focused on the flaws, you know, what she couldn't give in the marriage or what she couldn't give to him or what she couldn't get at, you know, motherhood. Um, that, that kind of got clouded out. Mm -hmm. And in his last letter, he talks about how he knew that she ended up going over to Ava's house because he saw the present and, um, he admits to lying about holding, um, baby Caleb because he wanted to see what her reaction was. Um, and he said that he was worried that he wasn't part of what brings her strength anymore, but part of what brings her pain. And he said, I want to be with you, but I don't want to be with you when my presence causes so much pain. And then the end of that letter got me because he says, and I promise, I swear that if you choose to end things between us, I will love you more as you're walking out the door than on the day you walked down the aisle. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to (laughs) cry now just reading that again. I think also it gives that explanation of why he said it's devastating that that hasn't happened yet. You Mm -hmm. know, when he was standing in the living room of his sisters holding the baby and he didn't mean it from like he's devastated that it hasn't happened yet. He's devastated for Quinn because she wants it so badly. So it was just, again, a miscommunication um, that just spiraled out of control. Yep. So Quinn reads all of these letters and when she's done reading the letters, she is a mess like everyone else like, who reads this. Like Alyssa. <laughs> like me. Um, and at some point Graham comes in and he he's holding her despite knowing what her decision is. Um, and again, another moment where I just start crying even harder was when Quinn says, Graham, I love you more in this moment than any moment that has come before it. And it just reminded me of Hamilton. The The whole part was forgiveness. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> um, and so, yeah, she... Quinn's actually favorite part of the letters was when he says, we haven't lost yet, Quinn. And he vows to fight. And at that moment, she vows to fight for him as hard as he's been fighting for her. So Mm -hmm. redeeming. I was after I lost hope and I was just so happy with this. It was such a beautiful, all the letters (laughs) I feel like we're reconnected uh, initially after they had met for the first time in the hallway. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the little fortunes in the box as well. And she flips them over and they both have the number eight on it. Mm -hmm. So if you recall from earlier, he um, had joked about, you know, that them being together was meant to be and um, uh, joked that, you know, on eight, eight is when they reconnected initially after. And, um, and so 
at the time he was like, yeah, they both had eights on it. Today's eight, eight, August 8th. And she's like, really? And he said, no, not really. You know, they had some other random numbers on it, but she sees this now. He saved those fortunes all this time and they really did have, have the two number eights on the back. So that was the day they had reconnected initially, which was really cute. And, um, yeah. So then the next day, they wake up and it's the first time Quinn was like, I woke up with a smile on my face um, in a long time. I thought that was beautiful. And then um, she notices that actually Graham didn't open her letter and she asks him about it. And he's like, I didn't need to. I'm going to open that on our 25th anniversary. And I was like, oh, Graham, I love you. <laughs> um, And so then. Gwen decides that she's actually going to start writing him more letters just like he did for her. Um, And they're kind of planning out their future now and um, they kind of plan on traveling. Um, Did we talk about Graham quit his job? No. Yeah. So after everything happens um, with him kissing Andrea, Um, he's like, I can't work in a place where I did something so awful. So he ends up quitting his job. So now he's basically trying to, um, build his own clientele. And so he has kind of a bit of flexibility. So they're talking about traveling and, um, uh, Quinn was like, I'm going to focus on positive things. So, you know, what are things that I want to do outside of traveling? She says she wants to learn another language And so then Graham comes up with the idea. He's like, well, why don't we just move here to Paris with Ava and Reed? And she's like, oh, well, I saw a cabin down (laughs) the road. (laughs) And he's like, let's go look at it. So then I think it jumps forward um, a little way. Yeah, two years. Two years. Yeah. And they're. Um, I think you talked about this a little bit. They kind of make us think that maybe they have um, a kid of their own. Mm -hmm. But in reality, it's Graham's sister's um, or no, it's Ava's. Yeah, I think Ava's. Yeah. Um, And she ends up having a boy. Yes. But they go back to the deceitfulness like back when they first met when uh, Graham first brought Quinn to meet his parents. Mm -hmm. And now when they go into a shop and the lady's like, oh, are you going to have one of your own sometime? Graham's like, yeah, we already have six. (laughs) So they just make a game of it now because, you know, people... They don't think about it, and mm-hmm. they ask like, "Oh, are you having kids?" Or yeah. when are you? And they're, you know, that's become a thing more now that I think people try to be more sensitive mm-hmm. for it, but it happens, and so they just make a game out of it, and you know, they have different amounts of kids at different points in time. Um, but I thought this was really cute because back when. Um, Graham had initially confessed to cheating on Quinn. The first thing that he said was, why did we never buy a dog? Yeah. And at the time, Quinn was like, why the heck are you asking this? But in the future, um, when they are, um, you know, walking through town and they end up with a flat tire and Quinn changes it. Before we go into that, I do want to bring out one thing um, that this is a very real moment. And I was, um, again, goes back to just the brilliance of uh, Colleen Hoover's writing, um, because I feel like so many stories, they'll 
go through the heartbreak and everything. And then even when it ends, they'll like end it on a happy note. Um, but Quinn brings out that she's still learning to, uh, she, or she's learning to wear her struggle as a badge. And she said, it's learned, uh, I've learned that it's okay to have a little hope. Um, they're still trying to adopt. Um, and she says, it doesn't mean that I can't have a fulfilling life while I continue to try. She even brings out that there's sometimes when she still cries in the shower, but now she cries with Graham. Um, so I just thought that was such a real moment. Yeah. It's like, even though, yes, she's now starting to look at more of the positive side, that doesn't mean that she's not still struggling with the it's fact that she's not just all happy ever after. Yeah. yeah. So good writing, Colleen Hoover, just <laughs> that makes it so real. But yeah, they, they end up walking through town, getting a flat tire. Um, Graham does not know how to change it. So Quinn has to. But um, she ends up going into a pet store to wash her hands of the grease after she changes the tire. And they run into a cute little puppy that they end up deciding to adopt and naming him August due to the significance of that being when they met and the fortunes having the two number eights on the back. August, the little German shepherd. So cute. Love it. <laughs> One of the other quotes before we finish off the discussion, um, I liked how in the last chapter it also talked about avoidance. Sounds like such a harmless word, but that one word can cause some severe damage to our relationship. We avoided so much in our marriage simply out of fear. We avoided communicating. We avoided talking about the challenges we faced. And so... That is one of the takeaways. Do not avoid those conversations. Those can make or break. And it's always better just to communicate than to not communicate. I mean, life lessons, right? Yep. Yay. So what do you guys think of all your perfects? How many stars would you give it, Ree? Uh-oh, she's thinking. <laughs> There's a lot of silence. <laughs> a lot of silence. 4.5. Wow, that was nice. better than I thought. Yeah. You didn't, considering you didn't say too much, but yeah. I I really liked it. I think that it was a really sensitive topic to talk about. Um, but all in all, the writing and the story that she displayed was, it was amazing. I love her, her writing style and I love the way that she put everything into it awesome so um who would you recommend this type of book to probably anybody in to romance books or <laughs> honestly i was thinking probably somebody who's struggling a little bit in their marriage it's a really good self-reflection book almost it gets you thinking into a different perspective and how couples, it's, it's a normal thing to have um, struggles in a marriage and whether it be together or your own personal issues, but to be able to work through them together because of um, your love for each other and to grow together is so important and to have that communication and that emotional uh, vulnerability and to be able to push through anything it's it's really important and it's it's something that a lot of people struggle with 
So I think it's a really good book to read and see the perspective of how they had these struggles from the stark contrast of when they first got together to where they were seven years later and how they got through their issues, even though it it almost ended in them completely um, breaking up. Yeah. I like that answer. Yeah. Um, Colleen, it was really deep. Yeah, it was really <laughs> deep. Colleen Hoover out here writing fictional self-help books. I like it. <laughs> I, I do. Um, how many stars would you give it, Jazz? I think I would give it like four stars. I really liked it as well. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of, of romance books, to be honest. Like, I'd rather the twists of a mystery. Obviously. You need somebody to get murdered. <laughs> I need something to be up. But um, no, I really liked the writing. Like I said before, just I can picture it as a movie and I think it would be a really good movie. And um, I loved the the way that it was written from each of their perspectives and the um, it was very, you know, well written, very realistic and um, definitely drew you into the characters. So I think that was a really, um, really good, really good book. Yeah. I am. I would give this a 4.8. <laughs> a 4.8. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Just because. So I, again, there's so many Colleen Hoover books that I love so much. Um, and there is one of her books that I gave five star, um, this one is just so close to that five star rating, but there's ones that I just think um, were just a little bit better with the the um, writing. Um, so yeah, I but there's so many good quotes in this book. I couldn't decide on a favorite one. Yeah, there was really good quotes. Yeah. All right. Well, did I think- we come up with any people to play the characters? Oh, I didn't. I unfortunately. Yeah. I didn't actually do it this time. I'm. Um, oh, you oh, did. Rihanna did. Okay, Coming take the lead. <laughs> Who's playing uh, Graham? Um. Oh my goodness! I didn't even look up the actors' names. I had, I'd have to do that really quick. I How think... did you not look up the actors' names? Oh, you just it's had somebody I, in mind. Yeah, I pictured them throughout the book. Um. I think I know her name. I just want to double check. Yeah. So I pictured Lucy Hall okay. for being Quinn. Yeah. Um, here, I'll show you a picture of her jazz. Okay, yeah. I can see Oh, that. Lucy Hale. Hale. Hale, sorry. Hale, yeah. Um, And then I will have to look up his name because I don't remember his name. Look at me two seconds. I don't oh. think I picture Lucy Hale. Oh, really? No. See, I had a hard time because I'm like, I'm trying to picture somebody who looks like motherly i guess um because she just talked about how she wanted to be a mother since she was a kid and i feel like there's just a certain look that like there's certain people you can just tell that they're just naturally have that nurturing um like look to them them, yeah Yeah. and so i'm like i that's why i had such a hard time with quinn because i'm like i couldn't come up with somebody that i thought had that look i feel like blake lively could possibly mm. be a good one. I don't know. Yeah, I like that one too. And then Brenton Thwaites. Mm. No idea who that is. Did you guys ever see the Giver movie? No. I 
did. I think I saw that once, like a while ago, though, so I don't remember. Do you guys watch Maleficent? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) We're coming up short. (laughs) Um, Did you guys ever watch Gods of Egypt? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He was in one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Which one? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. Uh, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Mm -mm. Did he have a big part? I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of the pirate movies. Well, we're just going to go with that. Yeah. Yeah. No idea. Um, Um... Anyways, that's who I pictured. I can show you guys a picture of him, too. All right. Did you have any other picks for any of the other characters? That's actually all who I pictured. Okay. I didn't really have a really clear picture of anybody else. Yeah. I see. Yeah, I just had a hard, really hard time picturing people on this one. Um, Ava, I just felt like she was maybe a little bit... Um, I don't know, quirky a little bit, maybe. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I looked up just now with that same app that, or not, what what same website that I had used last time. And I don't like the The ones that are on here. Uh, For Quinn, they have Elizabeth Olsen. Mm. And for Graham, I don't know who this is, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Hmm. Or, uh, oh, and for Reed, they have Dacker Montgomery. Okay. Which I feel like you could play Graham even maybe. I don't know. Yeah. And for Ava, Amelia Clark. Oh, okay. For Sasha, mm. they have Addison Ray. <laughs> I'm Addison like, no. <laughs> She's she, the TikToker. She oh. even an actress? I uh, I don't think so. Maybe. Nobody cares about um, casting Sasha. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, there's like two second rule. Yeah, right. yeah, but yeah, I don't. I'm not really in love with any of those picks. Yeah. Oh well, we'll have to think on yeah. that. Okay. Yeah, if you guys have anybody that you pictured in these roles, let us know. As always, we are asking anybody to reach out to us on our socials. If anybody. you'd like to, <laughs> anybody out there. <laughs> Um, please feel free to send us your thoughts on the conclusion of this book, anything you really liked about it, anything you didn't like about it, and who you would cast uh, as the the main characters. You can uh, reach us on our Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok. Uh, we have a... Email. Uh, yeah, we have email. We Hopefully. also have... Um, oh can't think of what it's called discord Discord. Mm -hmm. so yeah please reach out to us if you have anything that you'd like to have us talk about or that you want us to include in our next episode but thank you for joining us again this week we um appreciate everybody's support and we hope that you pick up a copy of the one by john mars so that you can read along with us as we discuss it over the next two episodes So until then, we will see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thank you for listening to Books Between Sisters. If you are a book lover and enjoyed our discussion, we'd love to hear more from you. Please feel free to follow us on Twitter or Instagram or both at BBS underscore pod. You can also send us book suggestions or questions at booksbetweensisterspod at gmail.com. Or if you'd like, you can find us on ko-fi.com forward slash BBS podcast if you want us to buy us any coffee, books, or just donations of any kind.